Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we take you to the volcano one minute at a time. I'm Jarf, and with me, as always, here on a Monday is Tierney. Say hi, Tierney. Hi, Tierney. I'm going <laughs> to keep doing it. If you're going to keep setting it up, I'm going to keep walking into it. It is a classic for a reason. And we've got a guest with us today. Welcome, listeners, to our guest, Tim from the 20th Pop. I'm sorry, I messed that up. That's what you I know. Think it's called, I feel like that's I think on it's brand. called the 20th Century Pop, but it used to, it, I, I could be wrong. I'm looking at it right now in my feed. Yes, 20th Century Pop is the name of it. Yes. And the listeners should be welcoming Tim. That's true, too. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I said that's true. They don't have to. But but thank both of you. I thank you both to uh, Tim. <laughs> this show happy to hear that you have a a catchphrase i think that you just said moments ago maybe or something that sounds like it's repeated from previous shows fun right yep see we're 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 trying to keep that bar high of entertainment yeah so that bar is that's up there and i'm happy to to listen to both of you reach for it as it is (laughs) and i'd like to acknowledge right off the top tim was nice enough to have me as a guest on 20th century pop not once but twice (laughs) <laughs> three times, actually. I think you've been on the show three times, two of which were memorable, and one of which I guess has kind of faded. Ouch. Wait. From You'll have to tell me what the third was. So I was on once with You wrote the talk about Joe versus the volcano recently, which I appreciated because that kind of brought the movie to me. Um, last year, you were on to talk about Willow, the movie Willow. And prior to that, both you and Brad, I'm going to mispronounce his last name and I apologize, Mendenhall were both on um, from the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. We were going to talk about Queen soundtracks and we wound up talking about fan culture and both the ups and downs of fan culture um, and the podcast community, possibly during a period of you being on a bender or maybe something mentally was distracting you. But yes, you were on those three shows. I enjoyed them. And my listenership of seven to 10 people, I think, enjoyed it as well. <laughs> well, you did pronounce Brad's last name correctly. That's Brad correct. is a mutual friend of Tierney and, and I's. And, oh, good. And that's how okay. we met. And I, actually, it was the Willow one that I forgot about, but I really enjoyed oh. that one. So Really? Because yes. it sounds like maybe you did not, which is fine. It's fine not to enjoy something. If it's any consolation, I put together a website with all my guest appearances on podcasts, and I list the episodes, and I had completely forgotten how often I was on Cosmic Geppetto podcast. Wow, that does not make me feel better, Brad, and I don't really? even do the show. <laughs> I understand it's a great show, listeners, if you want to check out Cosmic Geppetto podcast. I'm sure you've spoken about Willow on that, perhaps. Maybe that's a place that you remember it from. I don't know why I'm talking. You guys have a show to do, so. <laughs> What I love is that this is turning into how can we get Tim on Brad's podcast? (laughs) Actually, I was going to ask that, but I thought save that for later in the episode. I would love to be. No, I'm happy to be on this show. And if it leads to, you know, being on the show that whose whose name I just forgot. Cosmic Geppetto. (laughs) If if it leads to being on that to talk about this show, would love it. (laughs) If it's a, you know, if we talk about podcasts past that we've been on, Tierney, you've been on a lot of shows. It sounds like if you're compiling a list we have of uh, gotten so meta, which kind of works for Joe versus the volcano. Yeah. I would just like to point out, not this particular week. This week <laughs> it seems very straightforward compared oh. to some other scenes we're going to talk about. But you know, this movie as a whole, it really makes you think, and it works on different levels and. 
can you get meta in real life? Is that I know because I, I love the concept of meta, and, and I forget what's shorter for something else. I'm sure in film and in books and in, and all that. But can you do that in real life? Do you think is that an actual? Because that's odd if that's not a real practice being meta in the real world. Well, all I know is that Brad Mendenhall wrote a character named Jarf into his first novel. Mm-hmm. It was based loosely on me. And I've had a theory over the course of time that at some point I swapped places with the fictional Jarf. So creepy. <laughs> well, that's that's going along. Not that, I'm sorry. We should talk about the movie because I'd love to. But there's a whole Grant Morrison's theory in comic books about writing creatures into existence and, and the parallels between that. And that's true. And I guess we're talking about something being meta on a podcast. We're not actually in the real world by the time this gets to people's air. So I guess it works out. I guess that totally works out. And if I just wasted like a couple minutes of the opening of your show, I, I apologize. But I, if I, we keep I, talking, I'm going to start discussing Gollum theory. So oh, Jar okay. should definitely tell us what minute we're discussing today and then I should focus. Gotcha. But thank you. Thank you for having me thus far <laughs> on uh, on this minute. You're welcome, Tim. And yes, Tierney, I am going to take your advice and let our listeners know that we are talking about minute 13 on this podcast, which is clearly just a springboard for Tim to get a guest spot on the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. Really happy that finally exists. Thank you. <laughs> and this minute starts with Dr. Allison asking Joe how he feels, and it ends with the beginning of Joe's diagnosis. So Dr. Ellison is played by Robert Stack. And Tim, you requested minutes of the movie with Robert Stack. So do you want to tell our listeners why it was this part in particular that you wanted to talk about? Kind of what is your background with Robert Stack? Uh, my background with Robert Stack, it, it's odd because I can't, I mean, I can't say he was a childhood um, hero, but I think growing up in the 80s and, and you know, my preteens, Robert Stack actually had a pretty big presence in the entertainment I took in. And I think it's his voice. It's mainly the sound of that oh, voice. But like yeah. he was in, he was in Airplane. Uh, he hosted Unsolved Mysteries and he voiced uh, Ultra Magnus, one of my favorite animated films as a child, Transformers the movie. So there was something about this recognizable voice and figuring out who this person was that has kind of... Of, I don't know. That's the, he is the voice I'd want to hear diagnose something. It's the voice I hear when I read like a book about UFOs or, or ghosts or something like that. And it's just he has an amazing presence. And I think you know to use all three topics, it's what he is an airplane. He has he is the perfect mix of preposterousness and just like committed in a way. Like the, he's a serious, believable character who even in these three minutes is kind of delivering some of the more preposterous diagnoses of the film. I just, I light up whenever I see him in something like Caddyshack 2 or something else. And so it was, it was I didn't know he was in this movie because um, I had never seen it till this year. So I was very excited when he came on screen. I thought those would be the minutes I'd like to talk about because I came into, he he gives something to the movie the way like Christopher Walken or Sarah Silverman or something gives something to a movie when they kind of pop into it. I don't mind seeing him in movies, but I was definitely one of those kids who would hide under a blanket if I heard his voice coming out of the TV screen. Did you know it from Unsolved Mysteries then? Because I, just... I knew something scary was about to be on yeah. TV. Well, and he is kind of scary in this scene, isn't he? Well, not scary, but this, I mean, this scene's a little uneasy, isn't it? Doctor's office scenes, I would think, are a little uneasy. This would have been the first thing. Yeah, he has such a recognizable voice. And he, what other movies has he been in? Because I'm picturing him where, like, he's describing, it's supposed to be Unsolved Mysteries, but it's within the fictional universe of a movie. Yeah, I mean, I... I, It's not Ghostbusters, but it was something like that. 
that he popped in where it's like a more serious role? I think it was, I think it was just a popped in like a cameo. Like it was supposed to be Unsolved Mysteries tonight oh, okay. on. You saw the promo. Yeah. But I mean, now I'm blanking. But he is a fixture in that. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would imagine when this movie came out, he was then too. I mean, I just, he is a personality. It's like if you put William Shatner in a movie, regardless of what he's doing, you're getting William Shatner. And, and I mm-hmm. think. Robert Stack, at least to me, kind of has that too. Like it's, I, I don't know whereabouts in the movie you are with your minutes because I've only seen it the one time. But earlier in the movie, you have um, what's the character actor who plays Tom Hanks's boss in this movie? Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya. He's kind of the same persona. Like the moment he shows up in a movie, I kind of know what I'm going to get. And that's not in a predictable way. It's just that guy takes it over. And I feel like Robert Stack really, his presence in the scene, you know, he's going to give you exposition, sort of. I mean, he's he's diagnosing sort of um, a jumping off. Like he's he's giving the movie a little sense because he's diagnosing diagnosing, excuse me, I'm mispronouncing that, something in Tom Hanks' character, Joe, that is going to propel the movie forward. And I think what better voice would Gravitas to put in there? Maybe Jack Palance could have done it, but he's more sinister. Like, I just, I don't know, Robert Stack, it's odd that you're scared of him, or because or, I find him mm-hmm. reassuring, but also kind of like, I don't know if he's in on jokes when he delivers jokes. There's something hmm. just plain, straightforward. He's a prescription, he's a written prescription, basically, and I love it. I just love that part of him. Tierney described this week as a straightforward week, and I think that Robert Stack, as you said, Tim, he's the very definition of straightforward. Right. Um, for those playing along at home, I was thinking of 1998's Basketball, <laughs> where Robert Stack plays Robert Stack, Unsolved Mysteries host. I'm going to assume viewers at home were also thinking about Basketball, but possibly for other reasons. But now you can all think <laughs> of it together, and that will probably help its still growing box office. I think it's it'll bring in maybe a couple more dollars this week. That's great. That's super. Oh, sure. I just had to throw it out there. No, I was terrified of Robert Stack as a kid. Oh, Absolutely terrified. And I do love, oh shoot, what's the other show? Is it Dateline? The one that uh, Bill Hader would do on SNL? Oh, all the time. Possibly. That's a little more animate than I think Robert Stack could ever be. Oh, yeah. I mean, I assume even his final words were more deadpan from that. Yeah, no, Robert Stack is always the same volume, always very steady, no change. And the whoever Bill Hader was imitating, I, I thought he was overplaying it because it was an SNL skit and then I actually saw an episode I think it's Dateline and I was just like um, I was just sitting there amazed like oh my god Bill Hader wasn't even playing this This he just exactly did what they do on this show I'm just embarrassed that I think I know these parodies I should know the actual news shows I should be seeking out actual news shows in this day and age and I can't for the life of me think of what it is so I'm a little embarrassed to by that to be fair that's probably news is probably being loosely used Loose, okay. when I when I say that. Understood. Sensational real life stories might be more accurate. <laughs> Can I just circle back and underline don't go watching basketball. Not that you really were going to, but Jenny McCarthy is in that movie, and seeing as how she is yeah. an anti-vaxxer, let's not give her any residuals from being in that what looked to be a pretty crappy movie anyway. It was. I just feel bad because I wanted to get on Cosmic Geppetto to promote, promote my new basically basketball minute-by-minute podcast, <laughs> um, which will be airing next week. Well, you said it on a podcast. It must be true. No, let's That's all just true. know which one the are we one on line, which I love from that movie, which is, we got to get the khakis. Then you, First you get the khakis. Then you get the jobs. Then you get the girls. 
And then that that's just one thing that working in a corporate office has brought me joy. That's all I remember of that movie, quite frankly. That and trying to figure out how to actually play basketball because it was 1998. And what else were we going to do? That's true. Is basketball your one IMDb credit? Am I, am I now? I'm looking that up real quick. Yeah. Consultant basketball. Interesting. <laughs> I am offended. I oh, no, should you should definitely be. be on more IMDb's than that. Yeah, I'm sorry that that part sounded horrible. I was just section. making a okay, but no, I'm just talking for like for like awards. Mm. Yeah, probably Nickelodeon Kids Choice was that up for that? I don't know, but 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 Joe versus oh, the sure. volcano probably was not right. Not a kids movie. No. I don't think the Kids' Choice Award existed in 1990 when this came out. However, oh. Tierney did see the movie as a kid. Uh, Joe versus Volcano, are we back to basketball? Yep. Okay, I didn't yeah. see it till this year. As a kid, what did you make of it? You probably have already discussed this. I'm just curious, like, what does a kid see in this movie? I loved it. It's, what I saw in this movie was a boat and Tom Hanks, and that was all I really needed, let's be honest. <laughs> I really wanted to be the Patricia Graymore character when I grew up. I was very sure that, of course, I would have the yellow rain slicker with the hat and I would be in charge of the sailing ship and I would travel the world and see all these amazing islands and never work in a corporate job where I think about khakis and quotes from terrible 1998 movies. So all you needed was a boat and Tom Hanks. Let's say hypothetically, you were born much later. Do you think you would be equally entranced with, say, Captain Phillips? (laughs) It's a very similar film, if I'm thinking. Right? Pretty much the same movie. I mean, he's more in charge of the boat in that movie, but yeah. Yeah, see, I need her in charge of the boat. So obviously that's the only reason why it wouldn't work. That's what that situation was missing. Gotcha. But this minute, but I, I was just curious because again, I and Jarf, um, we had discussed it. Jarf brought this movie to me a few months ago. I had never seen any of Joe versus the volcano until this year. So I'm just, I'm curious with the people who caught it when it came out, or you would have caught it. I don't know your age bracket. Was it just coming out when you saw it, Tierney, or was it? Yeah, I would have gotten the. I would have seen it on a rental, not even hmm. from Blockbuster. It would have been like it was one of those rental places where. Where you had the token coins. We didn't have those videotape. in Little Town, Connecticut. No, we just had the Wait, tape. I was in, well, Big Town, Connecticut. Yeah, that might be the difference then. Okay. But uh, we didn't have coins, but we would bring in like, depending on how much, say, hay we bailed for the day, or if there's some corn we had shucked, we'd bring in a bushel and a peck of that. And then we'd be allowed a few seconds looking at the uh, Penny Arcade Nickelodeon <laughs> of Joe versus the Volcano. <laughs> that's so that's not that I just, I didn't have hay. Won't you put a nickel in, in the Nickelodeon? Wow, there goes your, uh, your right spot budget for the week <laughs> oh that was under 30 seconds we're good we're good is that how yeah. that works because i have the beatles catalog right here that i've been dying to work my way through. <laughs> so in this minute okay robert stack speaks mm-hmm. we have talked about his voice quite a bit and so does joe we get some of his backstory here we learned that he used to be a firefighter eight yeah. years ago i kind of have an issue with this backstory actually i the I was excited to circle back to this because I remember that this was a point of contention when we discussed this movie on your show. 
It was, and it's interesting. You know, we talked about this on 20th Century Pop. We talked about this as a whole movie. Looking at just three minutes and knowing that, oh, I'm going to repeat myself. I actually have a slightly different view of it now because I'm able to study it. But yeah, it's this minute does have the the character trait of him being a fireman, which you know was something he was doing, something that's exciting. And I guess in the context of the minute, we find out it stopped being exciting, or it was something I'm trying, or it was something worthwhile and it stopped being worthwhile. There's an angle to that job a freaking fireman fire person firefighter that's a that's a big heroic deal and it just it's really to me i don't get why that would be his position because we never and i don't know if it's a budget reason we never see him fight a fire it's only referenced in the past and it's not like he uses the skills of a firefighter does he i don't later in the mm-hmm. film no so i mean that seems really out of left field for me that seems like he they made a character history and then it didn't work in the movie but this is still in there well i mentioned in an earlier when he was interacting with his boss or no it was before it was when he first got into his office and he gets his coffee and as he walks past the main drain that says do not touch (laughs) he plays his fingers along it like not only does he touch it because it says do not touch but the way he does it and i called it out listeners will remember and said this is like a little glimpse of who joe was before he had this job the idea that there was this person who could be heroic who could become a firefighter who could do these big things out in the world and interacting with people. And what we learn in this minute is that he saw some stuff. I guess I'm not going to use exactly quotes from like Vietnam vets because I don't think we have a bleep because we're a family-friendly podcast. thank you, by the way. Saves a comment. The idea of that is who he was. He started not feeling well. From what he says here, we find out he saw something or something happened in his life that in his mind, at least subconsciously, kind of flipped a switch. He started not feeling good all the time. He quit that job and he took the awful job that we've seen him at so far. So, but eight years ago, geez Louise, what was he a firefighter for a week? Well, I think in the How 90s, a lot of people did it for a week or two. There was a lot of job hopping. But that's the thing. Like firefighting, like the job he we see him in at the beginning mm-hmm. is the dull, soul-sucking, pointless existence. That's what, you know, that's what I think we need for his storyline. Like as we're going to, as we're finding out in these minutes, he's going to be propelled forward kind of in, into a story. But right now he's kind of just, he's, he's at that part of your life or my life or whoever's life where you're just, you're at the bottom. You don't have a purpose. And it's odd to me because of how firefighting is viewed. And again, it could be different from people really in there, but as an audience member, as someone watching this and my perceptions of what a firefighter is, it's a, it's an exciting job. It's a valiant job. It's a heroic job. It's a job with a purpose and i don't know is is part of the theme of this movie joe looking for a purpose is that in there a little bit would you say or am i i might be stretching for that a little Hmm. well i like tyranny's theory and this is the reason why i think introducing that he had been a firefighter in the past that he was someone who was able to face danger and he just had too much of it and now he's regressed and just overcome by fear is the important distinction between him and, say, Dante from Clerks. He's not that guy who just never was able to confront things. 
he used to be that guy yeah. and now now he isn't. So I think but it's an I important think distinction. I really that. like the comparison to to Dante. I do, except that Dante is also Dante is at a dead end job, but he hasn't given up hope. Dante and Clerks is his world is that job, and his friends come into that job, and his interactions and conversations. Like Joe doesn't have a social life at his job. He says it's a very sad hello to the the the, the Ryan who works there. It's being yelled at his boss. It's a shuffle back and forth. I mean, Dante performs at his job. The, the reason Clerks was relatable to me in, in the '90s was because like Dante and Randall own that space. They're performing their lives out loud in the drama of their life. Joe doesn't bring any drama to his job. There's no drama at that job. And it's odd to me because the firefighter job, like it's this time around and watching these minutes, I'm like, okay, something did happen there. Mm -hmm. But what was it? Because we don't see it. We're kind of told it, but just seems like for me anyways, and it sounds like both of you maybe are on a different page. So maybe I'm I'm missing something or just perceiving it differently. For me, firefighter, it's, that's, you know, that's a big, again, that's, that's a position that we know. That's a job we know. It's a calling. It's romanticized because I don't actually know how the job works. I know there's a pole involved. And I know there's a hat and a dog, but I've never done it. <laughs> but I know that in films that, you know, you got backdraft and you've got, I'm sure, the Marx Brothers fought a fire. You, you, you see it in film, so you know how it works. You know, the Ghostbusters are glorified firefighters, but with the paranormal, so you have that. So there's all this weight to what it means to be a firefighter. But it's kind of just a cast off line in the scene. You know, he's being diagnosed for something. It's like, he used to be a firefighter. So let's see that. Or maybe, you know, I'm surprised. I like how the movie opens, the the, 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 the imagery in that. But it's kind of like, wouldn't you almost expect or need or or, or want to see that moment, even if it's later in a flashback, just to see what it was? I was just going to say, where would you want to see it? Because you don't want to open this movie on a horrific fire. I mean, I don't. something happens to. I don't want it, to be honest. And then in a flashback, like, where would that? I mean, I don't need to see Joe Banks have PTSD, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. No, I don't either. So why is this in there, though? Because this is my understanding of what they're talking about is there's a form of PTSD. That's making the disease something else. I like that the disease in these three minutes. I also like where the minute ends where he says you have a brain, but we don't know what it means. That's that's very well timed. Very scarecrow. But like I like the mystical sort of, I don't know surreal is the right word, but just the bluntness of a device of you've got this disease. And there's not really an explanation because it's not a disease that exists in our real world. It exists in the, in the context of the film. So it's fictional and it's exciting and it's surreal and a symbol. Why mix in real world trauma, which is what I think they're saying in this scene. They're saying as a firefighter, he struggled. Where does that go? Like that That's an element that's almost too much of a real world. Well, I think in the next, minute or the one after in a coming soon minute it's in the scene we are going to find out why we need that we need to know that joe is a hypochondriac because otherwise you don't get him in this doctor's office why don't then why don't we put a pin in this discussion here Because it, in, is it next minute? <laughs> in Wednesday's episode, do you get a little bit more of the diagnosis? And I think okay. that we can pick up this discussion of, is it important to introduce this element here? Is it superfluous? But I want to leave some of that robust discussion to Wednesday. So, How many days is that from now? Well, today's Monday. Yes. Okay, so two days. So I have to hold on to this frantic energy towards my beliefs for two days. What, take some time and ruminate on it. <laughs> <laughs> While you're taking that time, 
Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find out more about 20th, 20th Century Popcast? Oh, sure. Um, so I do a show, like you just said, it's 20th Century Pop. You can find it at 20popcast.com. And it's, for the most part, a bi-weekly podcast, uh, podcast excuse me, where my host and I kind of look at pop culture from the 80s and 90s that kind of made us who we were through our teens and into our early 20s. And then we look back at it now in our 40s and kind of see how did that impact us? Does it still have relevance? Um, and how does it change over time? And so, yeah, if you check out 20podcast.com, you can find links to the show, Twitter accounts, Instagrams, things like that. Again, we should be just about every other week. We just had our 100th episode a couple weeks back. The schedule's been a little off, but hopefully by the time this airs, we'll be, um, we'll be back to a bi-weekly schedule. How'd that work? That was good at the start, and then it kind of crumbled towards the end. But yeah, it worked. It I worked. thought it I worked out it. great. Big yeah. fan. And I recommend the podcast. I'm a fan of it. If you Specifically that Willow episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly all the ones with me on it are yes. the best. But if, you, if you're listening to our show because you are a huge Tom Hanks fan, Tim also did an episode on Big, which really changed the way that I look at that movie. So oh. I, that's one that I'll call out to recommend. And, Thanks, uh, and I'm sorry, because I don't think it changed it for a better then. No, I it's apologize. not for the better. But oh, sometimes, okay. sometimes you got to give things a fresh look. And ooh, okay, there was a real age gap between the romantic interests in that movie when you really think about it. Not yes. good. But we'll always as have that piano scene. Turner and Hooch. <laughs> oh. Well, because in Dog Years, there's not as much of a gap in Turner and Hooch. So that that's that one that one's fine. That's not questionable. Oh good. But uh but no thank yeah, I'm excited to come back. Thank you, by the way, for having me on today. No problem. Tierney, do you wanna let folks know where they can find out more about our podcast on social media? Well, when I'm not shouting from the rooftops, I am on Facebook commenting in our Joe versus the Minute listeners luggage raft. It's a group that gathers our listeners to discuss various theories, things that remind them of the show. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. Joe versus Minute. Joe vs minute right yes you you said Yay! it you said it right the first and the third time i don't know what was happening in that second but you did great thanks thanks i you know what sometimes it's monday and you just do the best you can you just do the best you can and we did our best to cover unrelated topics ranging from basketball to captain phillips so where to now tierney if I say away from the things of man, which is our catchphrase, is there going to be an uncomfortable Captain Phillips analogy that I don't know about? Ooh, I hope there is. Away from the things of man. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go when the volcano blows. Let me say now, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where I'm gonna go on the volcano. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.